today, what was the top environmental story of the last 12 months? Welcome to the Fast Five by Fear and Greed. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Morning, Michael. Good morning, Adam Lang. Good morning, Michael. Okay, in the next five minutes, we're each going to put forward what we think was the top environmental story of the last 12 months. But there is one slight rule for this one. You can't include COP26 as a standalone story because that's pretty much part of every story anyway. So looking beyond COP26 to the next top environmental I, story. I like, Michael, how you've set the rules. So all of a sudden mm, we've, we've that's right. arrived and, and, here this morning and everything has changed. I want to hear your story then because that gives us time to think. If you want me to go first, I mean, it probably takes away some of the incentive for either of you two to go because you won't be able to beat me. But let's go. My top story is electric vehicles. It is something I've talked about a fair bit this year. In Europe, all new cars sold in 2035 have to be electric. So these are some of the big shifts that are coming in the world of EVs. In order for Europe to hit that target, there's going to be charging points every 60 kilometers. It's not just Europe, it's in the US as well. Half of all new vehicles sold in 2030 will be zero emissions. Government departments are already moving that way in the US, as are big companies like Hertz, placing some really big orders for vehicles from manufacturers like Tesla. Speaking of the manufacturers, there has been huge growth on Wall Street of some of those companies, really led by Tesla, obviously, but then Rivian and Lucid as as well, companies that we barely even hear about in Australia, but they're bigger now than some traditional manufacturers like Ford and VW that have been around for decades. We are admittedly lagging a long way behind in Australia. And and that's probably why this is such a significant story for the last 12 months, because we're actually starting to see some movement on that front. There are predictions in Australia that EVs will be cheaper than regular combustion engine vehicles by 2025. That's only a handful of years away. So we're getting pretty close. We do have a lot of work to do in terms of improving charging infrastructure. And the government has actually started committing some pretty decent money towards doing that. I think put all of those together and you have outside of COP26, obviously, the top environmental story of the last 12 months. Beat that. Well, I'll give it a shot. ScoMo, Barnaby Joyce, and how coalition politics have been forced to come around on the environment. And this has to be the closest thing to a contemporary Damascan conversion that I've ever seen. So environmental policy has been sacrificed to politicisation and fear for so long. And in the last decade, we've come around almost full circle on our federal attitude to the climate. The isolationist and fear-mongering politics of Australia has been left behind and has turned us from refusing a carbon tax and denying net zero emissions to being right in the zone to reconsider the whole thing. And this is because the population of the world and our nation has been consuming the science, watching the weather change and being forced to confront the impact of a warming planet. If nothing else, The fact that even Barnaby Joyce has come to support our national commitment to limit the impact of human global emissions says it all. The conversion of the Australian Coalition to the environment is the biggest environmental story of the last 12 months. Look, that's not bad. Basically, I'm saying the same thing, but with a corporate lens over it. So corporate Australia, including the big polluters, are pushing to become net zero. We would never have thought that a year ago, let alone a decade ago. Business is actually leading the government, not the other way around, Adam, which is the way you've put it. Think of Fortescue. It's got Fortescue Future Industries. It's spending hundreds of millions of dollars to develop all sorts of green initiatives, particularly green hydrogen in that instance. AGL Energy, 
It's splitting into two, one with its coal-fired power stations, the other with its retail assets. BHP, it's trying to offload its dirtiest industries, oil and gas, it's already sold or merged with Woodside, coal, it's trying to sell. Banks aren't lending to fossil fuel projects anymore. Now, that's not totally true. ANZ will lend for gas, for example. Gas projects will be able to get up. Think of Woodside's $16 billion Scarborough LNG project, which in the last couple of months got the go-ahead. But coal and oil and gas projects won't get up. Corporate Australia has gone green. Okay, I'm overstating it a little bit, but the change in big business is the biggest environmental story of the year. You know what, Sean? All I know at the moment is that I have not won this because <laughs> because you have both mounted very convincing arguments. Uh, Sean, for you, it's a case of kind of follow the money and money is pouring into the green, clean energy space at the moment. But Adam, without politics and without the change in the coalition, we would be still a laughing stock on the global stage. So I reckon half a point each for the two of you. Well, the only thing I say, we are still a laughing stock on the global stage because we still haven't committed to reductions by 2030. I agree with that. Anyway, we'll take half a point each. That's fair enough. You bet. All right. Well done, both of you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Michael. That's it for today. Make sure you've hit follow or subscribe on the podcast so you get the next episode automatically in your playlist. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was The Fast Five by Fear and Greed.